Hands up! Don't shoot! Hands up! Don't shoot! Hands up! Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that is going to be serious this episode. Um, as you can imagine, uh, being in the middle of the protests and upheaval and unrest uh, in U.S. And, and has expanded beyond that. Um, yeah. We are taking this episode to talk about Black Lives Matter. Yep. Did you know that Black Lives Matter, Kyle? Because they do. I Yes. And if you yeah. don't, then maybe you're the exact person that needs to listen. Actually, the, the person that needs to listen, the person that I, I want us to talk to today are mainly the, the cis white gay men. I've seen some awful shit come out of cis white gay men's mouths and oh tweets my this God. week. Oh my God. Yes. In- yes. Instagram. As if it wasn't a shithole of toxic gay men before. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we we we're not going to tell people of color, black people, anything that they don't already know. So, like, my hope is that we can speak to other people that are in similar positions as us, and you know, learn together and figure it out together. Talk about things and and I don't know have have this conversation that our community needs to have. Black people, if you want to stick around and check our homework, you should and can. But like, <laughs> just you can also skip this one. Like, um, <laughs> you can skip this one. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. If anyone is bold enough to stick around and listen, um, let us know what we fucked up. We're not there. We're not going to be a, totally there. We're we're learning shit. Um, so let us know. Yeah, uh, I didn't think I was going to do this, but now I'm gonna. Uh-huh. Um, the 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 thing that I sent you and Dan earlier today, I I think it belongs here did i read it because i don't know what you're talking about probably there's a tweet from uh akila hughes uh at akila obviously if you want to play piano but you're bad at playing piano you practice and you get better don't be the kind of white person who doesn't post out of fear of fucking up Hmm. if you want to support black people but you're bad at supporting black people practice and get better Hmm. so we're gonna practice here we go i think we should i didn't talk to you about this but uh, if black people have something to say, especially to the gay white male community, um, send in a voicemail, send in messages. We'll play them, talk about them on the next episode. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay. So I want to start by uh, playing for everyone a uh, speech that was given at the Seattle protests. Uh, it was organized by a Seattle-based black-led organization called Not This Time. Uh, and this is Andre Taylor. Andre Taylor. Are you ready for me to play the clip? Yes. If you don't believe me, believe the work. 
it's always important to lay the work before the people. So I need communities of color not to be distracted by the things outside of our communities and in, engage in the inside, the inside work, the inside need that we have to heal and our ability to do so. Those who are closest to the problem are closest to the solution. But that's what I want communities of color to do. Now let me particularly speak to you our white allies because I have an assignment for you. What I, like I said, what I'm about to say, you've never heard before, but you need to hear it. Because it's going to bless you. While I have been running, not this time, we have many out, uh, many white allies that have come. And I've, hear, and I've heard something that is continually said that we are coming to make sure that black people have space and that black people have a voice. That's the wrong message. I said, that's the wrong message because it's almost insulting. You can't give us space and a voice. We've been doing this for a very, very long time. We got this together over here. As I have been organizing Seattle with our coalition in this state, I need you to be as passionate organizing yourselves, infiltrating your own people. there's a tendency that you feel that you have to reduce your white privilege. Did you hear what I said? That you have to produce, reduce your genius to accommodate us as a people. That's the wrong message. We need you to operate in your privilege, the power of your possession. And when you operate in your own privilege, in your own genius, and then bring that to us as grassroots organization, I can guarantee you we will shift not only this state, but this country, fashion you will ever know. Stop diminishing your privilege to do what we're already doing. That is not how you operate to help change systems. It is your privilege, your genius, and your power that you have been given that you must bring to the table to help us shift things. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? 
I mean, yeah, cool. That's uh, well, one one thing that sticks out is uh, saying that that uh, we 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 feel that we have to reduce our privilege when we hang out with black people, and mm-hmm. I for sure feel that. Oh, absolutely. And, and and so being being called out on that and told not to do that and to do something else instead—that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, I heard him call me a genius twice. That's my take. <laughs> That's really what I took away. I heard no. him give us homework, so fuck <laughs> this. No, <laughs> um, no I, I agree, and and I think that's part of why I don't. We don't have we don't have stats, but a lot of our audience is white gay men. Not everyone, for sure. Or if not, they have similar viewpoints as us. Because if you don't, if you have very strongly different viewpoints than us, I, what the? Well, I don't know what you're doing. You must hate listening, and you're just a masochist. But like, are we going to uh, talk about the closeted Republican that wrote us this no, week? No, <laughs> okay, but he, I hope he listens. I know that this is high. If you are <laughs> welcome out, um, no, but uh, you know, hopefully that we can take our platform of you know 53 people that listen to us and maybe say something that that helps. Yeah, on a good week. Yeah, on a good no, week. for sure, for sure, <laughs> a- absolutely. I, I totally, I totally agree. And when when you were first pitching the idea for this episode, uh, and my knee jerk reaction was, "Oh, great! It's white people talking to white people. This is going to be awesome." But <laughs> like, like Andre told us to. Andre told us to. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, yes. What so? What I want to start by talking about is pride. It, this mm-hmm. is these are not two different things that are happening right now. Uh, pride and Black Lives Matter. It's almost. I was going to say perfect, but that's too uplifting. It, it's 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 just meaningful that these are happening around the same time. At least for me. Hey, Kyle. And, hey, Mike. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. And I was just, I was just, um, I was just wondering if it was okay to say that. And then I realized shit was just as bad for black people last June. And I said, happy pride. So why stop now? (laughs) That's such a good point. (laughs) Uh, Yes, absolutely. So what I never listened to us like, or once I edit and post the episode, I'm done because I found if I go back and listen, I'm like, you hear the mistakes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I I don't like anything. I don't believe what I said. I don't. So. So I listened to our episode 12, Pride, about Pride. Because oh, we were baby podcast. We then. were such babies. Um, but it's so interesting to me that the questions I had during that episode, mm-hmm. I am starting to get the answers to. And that's not to say that I have all the answers because I'm getting, I have brand new questions that I need to figure out. But some of those questions, I, I remember talking about um, you know, Stonewall Everyone's so hip to say Stonewall was a riot right now. Everyone's super excited to talk about Marsha P. Johnson. You know, I had just started learning about that kind of stuff. Um, but then I was confused at my, the dis, like the disparate beliefs of I love Stonewall. It's monumental. It's important. We talk about it. Everyone celebrates it now. But at the same time, I don't like violence. I don't like the idea of uprest against police. I don't like, you know, using violence as a solution. So 
I'm going to talk a little bit more then about the history that helped me kind of bring it all together. Okay. What about Stonewall specifically? Stonewall specifically, and just the history of the, the movement. So okay. I think, you know, everyone has been talking about Marsha P. Johnson. That name is showing, you know, along with people saying Stonewall's a riot, that's, that's kind of the name that everyone's throwing out there, which is great. I, I think that's really important that people remember that she was there, that Sylvia Rivera uh, was there. But it's interesting that some of the same people that are excited and talk about Stonewall, they, I guess what I want them to know, what I'm, I'm, well, no, actually, let me first play this clip of Sylvia Rivera, who is being interviewed by Eric Marcus, the host of uh, Making Gay History, uh, so you can hear what she says about the Stonewall riots. Okay. And everybody just like, all right, we got to do our thing. We're going to go for it. And when they ushered us out, it was nice, you know, when they just very nicely put you out the door and then you're standing across the street and showed in the square park. And But why? But why? All of a sudden you just feel this. Everybody's looking at each other. But why do we have to keep on constantly putting up with this? And the nickels, the dimes, the pennies, in the quarters, it started flying. Why? Why? Why that? Why do people do that? The was payoff. That... that was the payoff. Oh, 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 oh. That was the payoff. It was to symbolize the payoff. Yeah. You already got. Here's some more. And here's some more. To be there, you know, it's just like, oh, it's so beautiful. I just like, you know, it's like. Yeah, I love her accent. I could listen I'm to sure her talk all day. <laughs> her, I same. Uh, what you then can listen to <laughs> making gay history season one, episode one. She is the interview. It's literally 18 minutes. So you're not like, I know you're, you're gay and tired, but like you, you can listen to an 18 minute interview with someone that was there at Stonewall. Yeah. And what she said is we were tired of it. We couldn't take anymore. And that mm. to me, I'm like, that sounds so familiar. And so they threw coins and change. And what, um, what they were talking about there is the mafia paid off police to let them keep running Stonewall in the, the actual bar. That's the only reason they were allowed to operate. They would pay them. So when they started throwing money at the cops, it's here, here, fuckers, here's your, your money. And we're yeah. done. Yeah. 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 So we are, we already paid you. Why are you yeah. here? Yes. Here's um, more money. And that, and that's all you, that's all you want from us is you, you just get money from us. You don't care about us or our lives or anything. Yeah. Um, so even though, so, you know, they Stonewall, yes, it was a riot. And while we're now today celebrating, uh, Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera at the time. So it was only, I think four years later that they were, not allowed to speak at the Stonewall, like, or, or at the gay pride celebrations. Oh, they, yeah. uh, like, people did not immediately revere them. It was not like it is today. It, it's, it was only a couple years ago now that we, uh, New York City announced that it was going to put up a monument um, dedicated to Marsha B. Johnson um, and, and Sylvia Rivera. It's, so they have not, they have not been treated well since stonewall <laughs> and it's only recently that we're getting on board or figuring it out 
Yeah. I mean, is that, is that about optics? Is that just, we, we can't, we can't have a dude in a dress be the spokesperson for this movement. I, I, I'm not, I'm not defending that statement. I'm I, I the hope. fucked up thing that people say. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, yes. And actually we really didn't plan this. That's a good lead in, into the next, uh, conversation that I'm going to play for you. Also, Gay-ish. we really didn't plan this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is also in an episode of making gay history, uh, where the host is now talking to, uh, Richard, uh, Wickard, who interestingly enough, so he's part, uh, was really involved with the Mattachine society, which in episode 12, I did not know how to pronounce, um, which mm-hmm. I was cringing at. So the Mattachine society, they, well, you'll, you'll hear a little bit more about, uh, what his beliefs were at the time. Where is the time stamp for this? I can hear helicopters outside. Something's going down your place. Yep. I've been hearing helicopters like all day. Yeah. And when this happened, I was horrified because it was civil disorder. Somewhere I saw a picture from Stonewall, and it had a big sign-up from the Mattachine Society, which was one of my base groups, that said the Mattachine Society asked citizens to obey the police, to not obey the police, but to respect law and order, to act in a lawful manner. In other words, the Mattachine itself was basically a conservative organization, and they had a, they asked me to speak at the Electric Circus. And I got up and said that I did not think that the way to win public acceptance was to go out and form chorus lines of drag queens kicking your feet up at the police. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting. He was he's an activist that did a lot of really important, really good work. Um, And he says elsewhere in that episode, like as someone who was an activist, I didn't recognize the revolution while it was happening. And I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he said those exact words, but I was wrong. But it literally took Stonewall. And here I was considered the first militant and a visionary leader of the gay movement to not even realize when the revolution, if you want to call it this, this thing that I thought would never happen, that a small nuclei of people would become a mass social movement was occurring. I was against it. So I'm very happy Stonewall happened. I'm very happy the way things worked out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm, I don't know when the right time is to talk about this, but like uh, all of the stuff about the looting that's going on and property damage and, and what, what, you know, it's, it, it's pretty easy, I think, to have a knee jerk reaction to that and say that it's bad, mm-hmm. that you can't condone violence, et cetera. But come to the realization that I'm, I'm wrong about that. I absolutely. And it's funny because we had this conversation like and I and I was questioning at the time, you know, what what role does violence play? I don't like violence, all that stuff I said before. And I uh, agree. I I was wrong. You uh, you have like the fact that we look fondly back at Stonewall and say it's a pivotal moment is not because we we knew what was going on. We know like how that felt. It's because things changed and then the history books wrote that down. Yeah. And so that's what I think some of the gay people, including me, I didn't know this. I, I, this is kind of what I'm piecing together. This is a moment. Like w- when I wonder, Oh shit, I'm not, you know, I'm not an activist. I don't think I could have been one of those people at Stonewall that was out there out front demonstrating and protesting. This is my moment. Like this is when the question comes up. Well, now you can do, what are you going to do right now? 
if yeah. you were at Stonewall, would you go outside and march? And so right now I'm saying I am going to go out and march. It is important to me. I want to be on the on the side of the people that rose up that said this is not okay and took a stand. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. So the last thing um, I want to say kind of about the uh, the history and where we're going is uh, someone new that I have been learning about um, is Barbara Smith. And uh, she is lesbian, black. Uh, she's basically founded the, the black feminist movement. Um, she's a nominee for the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, she's won the Harriet Tubman Award. She's just like the coolest person that is ever has ever been alive. Um, she was there at the very beginning. She talks about even before AIDS being like having the community be all together. And she stopped coming to pride in 1993. Uh, she wrote an op ed recently, I think it was last year in the New York times um, that I did not know about. Oh, two years ago um, in the New York times that I was not aware of until this year um, about, why uh, the the title is Barbara Smith, why I left the mainstream queer rights movement. And what she says is, and, and, and basically like when I see that, I'm like a black feminist lesbian. She's the one, her opinion, like the, the person that's been fighting this for 40 years, she, she knows what, what does she know? And she yeah. knows that the yeah, mainstream yeah. movement is not working or she doesn't want to be a part of it. And so that to me was like, I need to understand why and what I've understood. Everyone needs to go read that article. So I, I'm trying to relate what I'm learning and kind of where I am in that process. And what I'm hearing is when she started in this movement, gay people were treated like they aren't, they were not treated as well as they are now. They were treated like outcasts that they didn't belong. They couldn't walk down the street. They couldn't just exist. That was not allowed to them. That was not available to them. So as, yeah, yeah. as soon as we started, as gay people started gaining privileges um, after Stonewall, as soon as especially white gay men started gaining privileges, we started to push those people out and those people, meaning people of color, black people, uh, femme people, uh, sex workers, like all the people that trans were, people, trans people. Exactly. We started to be able to fit in a little bit more and, and it was easier than to kind of keep fitting in and go mainstream than bring along all the other weirdos and crazies and homos and faggots along with you. Like it, it I, I think sure. we treat them like their baggage, even though when we say they made the movement because we were all in that position, I'm not saying everyone was like identical or equal, but we were all in the position of we're outcasts that no one gives a shit about. And I think yeah. we've left that, uh, those minorities behind. And that's what I want to change in myself. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I shouldn't give anybody the benefit of the doubt when we're in this space. And mm -hmm. I, I, I know that. And, and we we joke pretty often, I think, about like white, straight, cisgendered, male, Christian, able-bodied. Like you're allowed one, yeah, <laughs> right? Or it feels she, like it sometimes, right? No, she even says that in another podcast that I recommend, which is uh, she was interviewed on Intersectionally Matters. Barbara Smith said that exact same thing. You get a pass on one of them. Yeah. And, and 
but what what's what's interesting to me is yeah that sucks yes that system sucks the oppression of that sucks is that bullshit is bullshit and what if you can only focus on one to move the needle right like is there maybe a positive utility in having white cis gay men be what moves the dial for gay rights and 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 open the door like put your foot through the door get the get get the crack and then usher other people in right like that's that's what using privilege is about is what i'm trying to get at like like maybe maybe we were shitty about it i guarantee a lot of mm-hmm. us were shitty about and it are. In, 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 and are and are in in excluding these other groups and if we're a fucked up system where you get a pass on one then if we want to move the needle on gay rights it's time for the white cis gay men to to move the needle because step the fuck up. You, 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 yeah. Am, am I am I making sense? Because yes. I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to shit on 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 on. I I think the the other part of the message, which is that it's it's bullshit because it <laughs> yeah, fucking is. Yeah. No, I think I think what you're saying is the same thing that Andre Taylor told us at the very beginning is. We we currently cis white gay men have the privilege of being of kind of being acceptable of fitting in. We have a little bit of that minority piece, but we're generally okay enough that we and and have been accepted enough that we are accepted yeah. mostly in mainstream society. So I think you're right. Now, what do we do with that? That's we have we have white privilege and we have white gay privilege. So if we take that and then turn around and say, now we're going to use that white gay privilege to help all the other queers, like, and that's maybe that's what I want to come back to is I'm, I don't want to make it sound like posting about Marsha P Johnson or posting about the Stonewalls being a riot. That's not a bad thing. It's when people don't back that up with actions or back that up with knowledge or back that up with then supporting all of those communities uh, it, it, it your your words need to then reflect your beliefs and your actions sure yeah yeah for real like social media shit is a start <laughs> partial credit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think well and what i'm learning is you know what you said of like practice try social media is a very low risk of uh, tweeting a tweet is not going to change the world but if that's a little bit uncomfortable that's a place to start like if you're not feeling uncomfortable a little bit it means you're not pushing yourself so if that's the start that's the start if it the start is posting about marsha p johnson posting sylvia rivera hell posting the new york times article that i'm that i just learned about this year and and posted about like that's a start yeah yeah um well, speaking of uncomfortable, do you, do, 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 do you want to be real uncomfortable? Yes, yes, please. Okay, great. Um, so what this is, is the uh, World Poetry Slam Finals from 2015. And the artist's name is Frequency. Mwende Frequency Katwiwa. Um, and they are queer. They are, go by they, them pronouns. Uh, they were born in Kenya, live in New Orleans. They are black and they wrote a and performed this poem, "Dear White People," and uh, I think it it is it is the it is that like growing kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> so <laughs> when, when you go for it, like when you're wearing tight pants and get turned on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we still are ourselves, Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, That's I'll get good. 
I think so. This poem is inspired by a Facebook post where I asked black people, if you could write a letter to white people, what would you say? Dear white people, I don't even know where to start. In between my busy schedule comprised entirely of surviving white America, there is simply no time to write letters. Besides, any letter I write would most likely bring tears to your eyes, and I, for one, have had my fill of white tears. There are days I think you aren't worth my ink, that your whiteness is draining me of too much energy, can't give you a taste of the tea for fear you'll colonize the whole kitchen. But today, I am too angry to remain silent. Dear white people, stop making everything about you and how uncomfortable you are. I honestly don't give a flying fuck about your comfort level. You have made my very existence an exercise in discomfort. It is time for you to make room at the table. Better yet, go sit in the living room. I'm not here to coddle your feelings, not here for your amusement. No, you cannot touch my hair. This isn't a damn petting zoo. And stop coming into my office asking for the managers if you aren't already looking at one. Dear white people, stop telling me about this colorblind society you allegedly live in. Telling me you don't see race is the racist drivel I hope you choke on. Telling me you respect me but don't see my color is like saying you have to pretend I'm not black in order to respect me. But let me assure you... But let me assure you, I am black, though there are plenty of things I'm not like your sassy black friend. Stop saying, hey girl, when you see me. You ain't that slick. I hear the way you talk to Becky and Steve every day. You sound like vacation on Martha's Vineyard where you waited in the bitter blue of the Atlantic. How I wish my toes could touch the ocean without stepping on the bones of my ancestors. Dear white teachers, why don't I know who my ancestors are? Why is only one part of my history important enough to teach? And for the love of God, stop swiveling your heads every time slavery is mentioned. Newsflash, I wasn't there. And just because I'm the only black person in this class doesn't mean you can ask me to speak on behalf of my race. I'll believe you really care about the opinion of black students when you stop shutting down conversations because I call a white student racist. Dear white people, why do you hate being called racist more than you hate racism? What? Listen to Tim Wise over actual black people about the black experience. Dear white people, stop using black on black crime as a reason we shouldn't be outraged by the murder of black people by white cops. If a black person kills another black person, they will go to jail, and that is what we call justice. If a white cop kills a black person, they will get paid leave, and that is what we call justice. Apparently, apparently, justice is when a black body dies. Dear white people, Every time we've written white people, we have written it in lowercase because we are tired of you capitalizing on our pain. We are angry and raw and tired and angry and raw and tired and tired and tired. But we will not rest because we know the future belongs to those who prepare for it. And you have been getting us ready for centuries. Just a quick note. We received permission to post the content that you just heard from the artist uh, a little bit before publication. So this is being edited in afterwards. Uh, The name of the artist is Frequency. That's F-R-E-E-Q-U-E-N-C-Y. You can get more information about them and hear more of their amazing uh, work at www.frequencyspeaks.com. In the release notes for this episode, we will also post uh, all of their social media and ways for you to uh, provide payment or donation if you want. Uh, thank you so much. Whew. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. That was incredible. Yeah. Uh, 
when they say, I mean, there's, there's a, there's, there's a lot of things about that, that, that yeah. totally sell out. But, um, when, when they say, when a black person kills a black person, you call it justice. When a white cop kills a black person and they get administrative leave or whatever, you call that justice. Justice is when a black person dies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, definitely feeling that this week, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it, and that speaks to one of the like, there are so many arguments that people make, um, st- stupid arguments that people make. Uh, against kind of the black rights movement and black lives matter. One of them is, but black people kill black people too. And the way they framed that right there answered that question. Yeah. Cause all that matters is, is a black person dying to white people. Yep. Yep. Um, I still have chills. Like it's still, okay. I, I'm so glad you saw that and, and played it and, and that they wrote that and put that together. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh they said a lot of stuff at the beginning too that I I have I've been trying not to be guilty of this week of uh you know black people are not responsible for white people's tears, mm-hmm. right? And uh but we explicitly or implicitly ask them to be all the time even being even trying to be on the right side of history i'm totally guilty of that yeah and yeah I, I, I that's something i'm feeling a lot and uh of okay well i want to do the right thing so let me then go apologize for what i said or let me tell people you know how much i'm working on things or let me you know i want people to see that i'm out there protesting and it's like it's not about telling people you're doing that it's not about showing that you're being a good white friend it's not a like it's not it's not for you to brought like this just has nothing to do with you so do it do it for yourself and not for yourself like do it on your own (laughs) and figure it out on your own and and that's the reward but in in the spirit of andre thomas from the beginning of doing your assignment too Mm -hmm. i think that i think it is important for us to show other white people yeah that we're showing up yeah yeah, probably. Maybe yeah. I'm having a reaction to even saying that. Oh. But like, I, I think uh, that's kind of airing where you're at, you know, putting out there. Uh, I think putting out there, hey, everyone attended the protest, you know, picture of me like, I don't know, maybe that's to I guess that's the thing of like, say something, do something. It's better than nothing. That's fine. But it also feels very self-serving, whereas retweeting a black person that posted a picture of the event or their speech or finding a black author. Like they're just different ways to be there than talking about your experience in the middle of this. Sure. Well, okay. And I think we were going to talk about this later in the show. And when when we, when we showed up to the protests on Saturday, what's the first thing you remember? It's a trick question. I don't care. I'm going to tell you the first thing I remember. The first thing I remember is that black woman with the megaphone saying, I need white bodies in the front right now. Oh, yeah. And. I mean, that that 
that says, at least for her in that moment, you and I being there and being seen being there is, is important. Yeah. 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 That's the part of our white privilege is we are super, 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 super far less likely to be shot if we're standing there. So part of white privilege is standing at the front of the line, like they're asking us to, because that may help prevent a black person from getting killed that day. Yep. Yep. Something that they mentioned as well that I want to keep going on is, uh, the look (laughs) that white people give it, or they shut down conversations when they are called a racist. Yeah. Well, let me play for you, uh, a tweet. We'll, We'll see. Maybe some of our, uh, listeners will recognize who this is that made it sound like i'm going to play joseph peters matthews it's i'm not (laughs) that's not the clip good good (laughs) i know that one thing white people can do and i know this from my own experience is try to soul search whether i am a racist am i a racist am i racist the answer is yes you are part of a system you cannot opt out what are you going to do? Yeah. I, yeah. Cameron what? Esposito. That, oh, <laughs> right. That was Cameron Esposito. Um, she has a podcast called Query. Um, yeah. I think I, so I've been having this uh, argument a lot with people on Facebook. Most of them f- fucking asshole shitbags from Eastern Washington. <laughs> and, and uh, um, it is sort of upsetting that the word racist exists because it implies a binary. Either you are Mm -hmm. one or you aren't. And I don't think it's that simple. It is a matter of degree. Everybody is racist. Everybody has racial biases, conscious or unconscious. And it is just a matter of how much and how much you express it. And um, it took me a long time to get even a little bit comfortable with that idea. But I think it's important because those fucking people that say i don't have a racist bone in my body they're full of shit yeah Yeah. they are full of shit that's impossible (laughs) because it's impossible and i i i i like i think it's okay to call acts racist i think it's okay to call people racist like there are a lot of people that do a lot of racist things but i think it's a false binary to say a person is a racist or they are not Oh, see, I don't agree with that. Okay. Because I think I agree that if someone does, uh, it's, well, I think if you're white and you don't accidentally do a racist thing, that means you're not doing anything because it's impossible. It's so, <laughs> it's impossible to operate in a world where you have white privilege and racist, these racist, racist structures to not be racist. Like you you're going to, you're going to do it. You're going to be it. it, it it's yeah. almost like I, you're saying it's not a binary, but like, I think it's a, it's a, a unit, unitary, a one, one area. It's like one yet. Yeah, like the answer is just yes. It's not yes or no. Yeah. Sure. And, and so if you do racist things and then learn from it and figure shit out and do better, then yeah, that doesn't necessarily make you as a whole person racist. If you keep doing racist racist shit over and over and over and over and don't learn and don't care, then you are very it's very fair to label you as a racist person. Sure. Yeah. I don't think we're that far apart. No, I think but, I think we agree. Yeah. And um I also so there's a really great uh uh 
test that I took um, where... Which Harry Potter character are you? Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and let me, let me let me find the name because um, it's it's actually important to me that people like see it or take it if they if they if they can. Um, my cousin Maddie uh, put it on her Facebook wall the other day, and Hi, white Maddie. people white people fucking lost their minds. <laughs> um, if if you go to implicit.harvard.edu because it is it's a it's a Harvard. Uh, thing they have lots of implicit biases uh, tests but one of them is just straight up race and it's what they what they do and it's really interesting is they show you good words peace and love and joy and happiness and honor and 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 they show you bad words evil uh disgusting I, i can't even i I, I'm I'm really happy with how many good words I came out of, with, of my <laughs> mouth, and like now I'm struggling with the bad. But, but the point is, but they show you physically on the screen the good words are on the left, the bad words are on the right, and that trains your brain to think that way. And then they show you a series of fast photographs, and it's white people and black people, and you have to say you have to decide which side they are on. the 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 exercise is put white people on the left, put black people on the right. And then they do it again, the opposite direction. Put black people on the left, put white people on the right. Is it harder for you subconsciously to associate black faces with the good side, the good words, by doing both versions of the exercise and and monitoring your performance? And the idea is that without even fucking thinking about it, your lightning quick reflexes, is there a bias there? And and it'll score you and you're probably going to be unhappy with the result. <laughs> <laughs> there there's something freeing though about yes you're racist because then and I don't mean in the way that that you're saying of like doing horrible racist things like knowing that we're part of a racist system that yeah. will require it, it like the direct outcome of that is you are racist. It's like, well, let's put that aside because yes, <laughs> like we don't have to even have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about, am like, am I going to come across as racist or not? Am I gonna, it's like, but you are, cause you're part of this system. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I want this to air. Oh, okay. You can decide maybe, or we can talk about it, but, um, my implicit bias for race was actually very, very small. Mm-hmm. but apparently i'm subconsciously super ageist like my my, my subconscious hates old people <laughs> okay hold on are you sure that's subconscious like you know that don't you aren't you aware of that maybe so i think we've talked about that on this show <laughs> well i don't i mean I, i'm pretty sure it means not just sexually <laughs> There we go. Okay. <laughs> there it is. I mean, th- and that's what the intersectionality that that someone like Barbara Smith that I was talking about like talks about like all of these issues are related. Like yeah. All there are and that's the, the kind of the pitfall that gay white men have, have fallen into of well, I'm just going to focus on the gay piece. It's like but they're all related. Um actually that uh, a a tweet that I really liked that I want to read by Alexander Leon uh, at Alexand underscore E-R Leon. So Alexander Leon with an underscore between the D and the E. Um, he said, seeing as it's Pride Month 2020, 
I'd like to remind our white friends that the majority of people living in countries that expressly criminalize same-sex intimacy are black and brown. In over half, criminalization can be traced back to white colonial rule. Racism is a queer issue. Racism is a queer issue. And a lot of queer issues are about race exported there by fucking white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Basically, the British exported racism <laughs> to lots of different places. But, but part of the tweet there is that they also exported their fucking puritanical horseshit about homosexuals. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Racism and, and homosexuality. Um, at the same it's time. always the fucking white people man yeah 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 <laughs> well but it's so interesting because i always hear white people say i didn't i wasn't there for slavery i didn't do it and that that poem that you said that you played they were like i wasn't there <laughs> yeah i wasn't there yeah. either <laughs> yeah no one's talking yeah. about being there we're talking about what has happened because of that that's affecting us right now so uh, I, I told you earlier that I was listening to episode 80, whatever it was. We, we did an episode on protests a long time Yeah, we don't always ago. just only listen to ourselves <laughs> on the off weeks, but, but yeah. <laughs> um, but in preparation for this episode, and, and there's actually a really interesting exchange in there where, where we're talking about the fact that, like, I, because I'm brilliant, I said something like... <laughs> uh, if there was a hypothetical non-racist white person and they do not exist, mm-hmm. but if they existed, they are still the benefactors of a racist system. Their life is still easier because of the racist institutions that are around them. So y- you you don't have to be racist to be the benefactor of your skin color, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, as a white person and like i will yes 100 percent. and i will recommend um the netflix documentary 13th um it is not at all focused on queer issues but then again according to that tweet uh race is a queer issue so in that way it is uh it basically goes through the u.s it's like a documentary a two-hour here's why there's systematic oppression of black people so like it's it's low low effort because i get to watch a netflix documentary which i might do anyway like i watched yeah. you know a dude with tigers who tried to murder someone like for however many hours that took i can also watch a thing about wait what why are you shaking your head i, I don't think that's what happened in tiger king but okay go ahead. yeah go ahead. <laughs> yeah he tried to have someone killed that's not what we're talking about uh, <laughs> that was a uh, uh, crazy uh, i very interesting crazy thing anyway documentary <laughs> on netflix that um is going to basically give you the short version of why do we have this systemic racist uh, uh, thing set up starting with slavery to today. And it's called 13th because it's about the 13th amendment. Yes. 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 Um, Abolished slavery. Yeah. For our international or dumber listeners. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Also, in the same episode, the protests episode, uh, we we said, uh, I, I, I taught you that the 18th and 21st Amendments are about prohibition. And you said, then I know four amendments. And I said, wait, <laughs> the first, the second, 
the 18th and 21st, right? You said yes. Now you know the 13th too, Kyle. You're growing. You know, five, five. amendments. Five. Do I know any more now? No, I really, really don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of now, I definitely forgot immediately after about the uh, 18th and whatever the other one about prohibition. 21st. Sure. It's I, easy I, to remember because you can't drink a beer when you're 18. So that's that's how you remember that prohibition was started that way. You can drink when you're 21 because the 21st Amendment undid prohibition. Mike, you are pretty smart. Oh, God. Thanks. Um, speaking of smart people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I... Okay, this is not something I would not have expected to do in the vein of kind of uh, white people, gay white men, you need to step up. This is time you need to put yourself out there. Someone that I've been turning to right now and I think has uh, a lot of really good things to say is our friend Joseph Peters Matthews. It's so weird to me. I'm yes, I it's weird to me too. I'm about to play a, a Wait, st- why is it weird for you? Oh, that that I'm about to play a clip of his sermon. Oh, I was just going to go with the Kyle is listening to a priest with regularity. (laughs) (laughs) Shit's crazy, Mike. Um, (laughs) Down is up. Up is down. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. uh, The fact that I'm about to play for you as a part of his sermon (laughs) is is weird. He what he's always been great at is being outspoken about black issues because um to him black issues are also the same issues of christianity and religion and that jesus cared about so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let me play what who am i mike okay let me i don't play, know he um this past is Sunday, this our first religious sermon i know that i said that what <laughs> i did at the wedding was a sermon but i was just being funny no, remember uh, no we went to his church sure but it didn't make the show <laughs> oh, oh, on the show, on the show. Oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So here's a portion of the sermon that he gave uh, this past Sunday. The disciples are not social distancing, and have locked themselves in a room. Jesus' body is missing from the tomb, and they worry that they'll be blamed, or that the civil authorities will fine and punish them. They are not scared of Jews or Judaism. They are scared of collaborators with the empire, scared of the state apparatus to enforce death. On the first day of the week, the evening of the resurrection, the disciples are sheltering from the authorities who did just use the apparatus of the state to kill their best friend and teacher. Jerusalem is a mess. And so is the United States. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) I mean, the, for me hearing Joseph Peters Matthews is great at, at representing that, like, wow, what a lot of the mainstream things that you see in Christianity don't reflect Jesus's teachings. Um, so, so that's kind of how him as a person makes sense to me of like, how can you be a Christian and be gay? Well, because he believes in a lot of the, like the, the real teachings that Jesus had to offer. And, uh, and the what, Bible never expressly forbids homosexuality, nor does it ever <laughs> claim that marriage is between one man and one woman. However, that is not something that we're going to be able to change on this show. Um, 
read your fucking Bible. Don't just take your priests or pastors or whoever's word for it. Because the shit they say is in there isn't fucking in there. Don't just tear gas protesters to stand in front of a church and hold your Bible before handing yeah. it off to someone. Um, yeah, who, who would do that? Who would do that? Politics. Yeah, we go there. Um, so he's saying that, like, Jesus was killed legally. Like, yeah, yeah. And so that, again, speaks to, like, just because it's legal does not mean it's okay. Legality is not the same thing as morality. Yep. The Jews didn't kill Jesus, by the way. Pontius Pilate did, and he was a representative of the state. He was the emperor's man. Oh. There's some things in the sermon that, so the full sermon is on YouTube. Uh, there's some things in there that was like, this is probably moving, but I don't get this part. But like, but all in all, I think I got it. It was, <laughs> it was really interesting drawing the comparison. Um, well, uh, this has been fun, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, like, so going forward, I think we're going to, we haven't really talked about this too much. I think we're going to keep, like, get back on kind of like regular episodes. And that's not to say this is, the conversation is over, but we still want to give entertainment, have these conversations, have other conversations about gay things. Our gay shit is still important. Um, and and so, yeah, we'll keep doing episodes. Um but something I want to just mention is um, uh, just a summary, a recap of the things to do for reference, kind of some of the next steps that you can take if you listen to this and want to learn, read, know more. Um, first thing I would recommend most that I that would affected me most is uh, that uh, Barbara Smith uh, op-ed in the New York Times uh, that is called why I left the mainstream queer rights movement. I think that's a good first step, uh, especially for white cis gay men to, to start to understand uh, what we are doing to the rest of our community. Uh, she also then expands on that or, or talks more about that subject uh, in the, an episode of intersectionality matters podcast. It is actually about pride. Um, it was from uh, a couple of years ago, but I think very relevant. So it's episode five uh, about the 50th celebration of Stonewall um, and then making gay history. So the two episodes I mentioned uh, making gay history, episode one, very first episode was Sylvia Rivera uh, making gay history was uh, season two, episode one. I didn't mention this. Interestingly, that's an interview with Randy Wicker. That's the guy from the Mattachine society that, um, you know, said he was on the wrong side and, and didn't see the revolution. Um, he and Marsha P. Johnson were in the same interview. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. They, and, and um, Eric Marcus actually says in the interview, I never thought these two people would be in the same interview, but they were roommates. Like, people that were on such opposite sides of this movement uh, are roommates. Anyway, so that's season two, episode one. So those, and, and then, uh, yes, no. So those are the uh, things I would suggest starting with. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. No problem. Um, we'll leave so it. That's it. That's it. No. Let's leave it there. That's it. This has been gayish. <laughs> tentatively. <laughs> yeah. Tentatively. I mean, I guess, I'm so nervous about this. Okay, so I I um so walk, we did the protest this weekend and then saw everything that happened with just the like fires and police brutality and looting and uh all this stuff and and one one of the things about 
it doesn't matter what side of looting you are on, like whether it is acceptable part of burning it all down, whether it is a, a morally unacceptable thing that doesn't help the movement. It, it doesn't matter where you are on that. I think that not only has the criminal justice system failed black people, it's failed all of us, but it's especially failed black people. Um, but so has capitalism. And um, I just, a- after seeing all of this stuff, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get, um, I couldn't get uh, John Lennon's imagine out of my head. So I just last night quick recorded it. And I think that there's, there's a lot of good stuff in there about like maybe how it should be. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, wait, but are we doing a sign off at all? That's it? Sure. Yeah. Oh. Um, that's, that's, that, that, this has been gayish. <laughs> a, a, a special thank you to Barbara Smith. She, Barbara Smith. She is, is the person I just want to know everything and read all of her stuff. Just, she's just a pioneer, incredible. And thank yeah. you to all the black people. <laughs> Thank you, black people. <laughs> I don't know. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it. This has been Gaish. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you, and Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us Above us only sky Imagine all the people Living for today Imagine there's no countries It isn't hard to do Nothing to kill or die for And no religion too Imagine all the people Living life in I'm a dreamer But I'm not the only one I hope someday You will join us And the world will be as one Imagine no possessions I wonder if you can no need for greed or hunger a brotherhood of man imagine all the people Sharing all 
I'm not the only one I hope someday you'll join us and where we'll live as one I just realized we never said that we we're going to donate Patreon funds. Should we say it or I mean, wasn't the point like tell people that, you know, they're this month's funds are going to something. Yeah. Okay. We could, um, maybe, you know how I like sometimes do like a little clip or whatever at the end we could do it mm-hmm. just after that at the very end. Um, so it's like, we're letting people know, but it's not like, that's not the point of the episode or anything. Sure. Do we know where we're putting? We we don't even have to know exactly where we're going to put it. Do you... Uh, I'm unless you unless you disagree. I I did I did further vet the Center for Black Equity and oh. it's great. It's it's the it's it's um there are only two national nonprofits that are specifically for LGBTQ plus black people and advancing their fight for equity and access. Hmm. And um, so you can cut this in wherever, I guess, unless you, unless you totally disagree, we're going to take our June Patreon donations and use them to make a $500 donation to the center for black equity which is the national leader in connecting members of the black LGBTQ plus community with information and resources to educate, engage and empower their fight for equity and access and $500 to the national lawyers guild, which is dedicated to legally protecting people exercising their right to protest. Awesome. And asking them specifically to help out, uh, any of the protesters from the Seattle protests, uh, ongoing as a result of the death of George Floyd. And if you don't like that your money is going to those organizations, then it's probably a good time to stop giving us money because <laughs> I don't think <laughs> don't think you're invited then. <laughs> yep. Oh wait, did you record that? Have you stopped recording? Oh, I recorded all of that. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Whew. I can stop recording now, though. I guess.